You're listening to episode number 80 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about dispelling fasting myths, getting away with more on a ketogenic diet, portioning, checking, and how to do it, and so much more. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast, and in case you missed it, my 12-week ketogenic video training program for women, Happy Keto Body, is now open for registration, but only for a few days. You can get more details at happyketobody.com. If you've been watching what I've been sharing over the last few weeks, you may already realize just how valuable this opportunity is and that it will only be available for a very short time. This is your chance to finally take the guesswork out of the keto ketogenic diet and end your frustrations to master holistic keto balance your hormones lose weight and feel awesome when you join happy keto body you'll get access to the entire 12-week program with over 21 hours of totally new online video modules access to convenient blood work testing and analysis by a doctor 12 in-depth special guest interviews, downloadable worksheets, recipes, and meal plans to streamline your keto day every day, plus a supportive community of keto sisters to motivate and encourage you along the path to pure keto joy. And you get a bunch of free guides with your membership, including high carb to keto food swaps, how to calculate your macros, traveling with keto, unplanning your keto meals, customizing fat intake for optimal weight loss, learning how to eat intuitively, and so much more. In total, you get access to over $200 in free bonuses. When you discover the perfect keto plan for you using Happy Keto Body, it makes all the difference between struggling, feeling frustrated, and falling off the wagon or overcoming your frustrations and imbalances to finally get the healthy, sexy body you want. All details can be found at happyketobody.com and I'm super excited to see you on the inside. Okay, now on to the podcast. Hey guys, happy Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E80. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. By now, you probably know my favorite on-the-go keto snack is made by Paleo Valley. Their beef sticks have been a staple in my purse for years. If you're not totally on board with a beef flavor, Paleo Valley now offers turkey sticks sourced from pasture-raised turkeys who are never confined and are given full access to outdoor pesticide-free pastures. The turkey sticks are a bit more mild and come in two delicious flavors, original and cranberry orange. All Paleo Valley sticks are naturally fermented and contain 1 billion probiotic CFUs for a natural boost in gut health, plus they're gluten, soy, dairy-free, and zero grams of sugar. Paleo Valley is offering 20% off their fermented stick snacks to listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Just head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to receive your instant 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Okay, we got one announcement before we get to today's show, and it's probably one of the largest, biggest, most amazingest announcements ever. I'm so excited about this. I've been working on this project for what seems like a lifetime. If you didn't already catch it with today's new fancy podcast intro, Happy Keto Body is live and open, and it's waiting for you. You guys can go to happyketobody.com for more details. 
Okay, today's guest is Keith Norris. He's a former standout athlete, a military vet, and an elite strength and conditioning expert with over 35 years of in-the-trenches experience. As a serial entrepreneur in the health and wellness space, he is the owner, co-founder, and chief development officer of the largest paleo conference in the world, PaleoFX. PaleoFX will be in Austin, Texas from April 27th to 29th. And if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you have to. It is a really fun event, and there's going to be a bunch of amazing speakers and a bunch of great brands. It's always a good time. Unfortunately, I'm not going because of Happy Keto Body and the launch and just the craziness around that. But time is running out to get your tickets and you can get them for 20% off for a very limited time. I will include a link to the show notes where you can grab that discount. As well, Keith is a partner in one of the most innovative lines of boutique training studios in the nation, Efficient Exercise. He's also a partner in the ARX Fit training equipment and a founding member of ID Life. In his spare time, he authors one of the top fitness blogs in health and wellness sphere, Theory to Practice. So without further ado, let's cut over to this chat. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey, Keith, how's it going? Hey, Leanne, it's going fantastic. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm really happy you're on the show today. It's about time. Mm, I am thrilled, 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 thrilled. And for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, so I guess for the purposes of our discussion here, I am the co-founder and co-owner of PaleoFX. Um, a little bit of my background, I am a, a lifelong athlete. Um, I played uh, college football, and I really, really got into the strength and conditioning aspect of college football because I was one of those kids who um, had to train to stay on the field. Um, I wasn't uh, just somebody who could uh, get by without training and not hope to compete with the, the best of the best. I actually had to train to be there. Um, and so I looked at every possible way to, uh, to increase performance. Yeah, so that led into a, a lifelong obsession with just human performance in general. And as I, as, as I started to get a little bit older and some would argue wiser, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that, that drive for added performance started to turn into a want for health and longevity kind of over the sporting performance aspect. And so, you know, in the last 20 years or so, I've moved more towards that aspect of, uh, I, I dealt, uh, in training, uh, collegiate football players, volleyball players. And I love the competitive aspect of sports. It just, you know, to me, it's just raw and pure and it's unimpeded. But I now see the value in the, uh, you know, the, the overall health aspect of training. And, and just as an aside, just because someone is a fantastic athlete does not mean they're healthy. And I would just throw that out there to people. So, so you don't have to be this fabulous athlete that's posting up PRs all the time 
to be very healthy. And in fact, it's it's quite the opposite to where these uh, these people who are high performing athletes or, you know, they're like Ferraris. They're just one they're just one bolt <laughs> shy of a catastrophe. And if you look at their blood work, their blood work is is pretty sketchy, you know, because they're living life at the edge. And to be a competitive athlete, you have to live life at the edge. And, you know, that's why competitive athletes don't stay competitive for very long, you know, because the human body just can't keep up with that, that battering like that. So, yeah, so that's a very long answer to say I've shifted into the health and wellness side of things much more than I have the, uh, the competitive side of things here of late. Amazing. And you guys are doing great work in both the paleo and keto space. So thanks for that, for bringing that information to way more people. Um, it's so great. Well, thank you very much. It's been a blast. It is t- it's been so, so much fun. And especially since we've kind of in, you know, personally making this shift more into the keto side of things has been a very, very interesting transition. So that's that's been very, very cool. And we're going to chat all about that today. And before we get started with the questions that I have for you, I like to ask every guest, what does keto mean to you? You know, for me personally, keto means ease. And I am a super, super busy person. I, you know, the, the business side of things is, is one aspect of my life, but I still love to train and I'm still on the go, you know, all day long. And it, and it is, you know, most people look at my schedule and they're like, you're freaking crazy. There's no way you can keep up that kind of schedule. And I don't do it. I, I don't see it as a grind. I see it as an opportunity. So every moment I have, I'm engaged in something. And for me, keto allows me the freedom to not be tied down to specific times of day where I have to eat. And it frees me from uh, brain fog. It frees me from the, the whole hangry thing, you know, at midday. So, I, so my day can pretty much just go seamlessly and I eat when I'm hungry. And also, you know, I don't have this massive uh, belly a bloat from having to stuff in a lot of calories that would otherwise have come, you know, in many, many years past. And it's been forever since I've relied on refined carbohydrates. But there was a there was a time in my life when I pretty much ate like everybody else to where I would have that, you know, and to, and to horse down enough calories to get me through the day, I had to eat a lot volume wise. And I don't have to do that anymore. So for me, it's freedom and on top of that, it's the fantastic health benefits that come of it. So, you know, it's kind of the best of both worlds for me. Awesome. And so the way you see it, you mentioned just a little bit the transition between paleo and keto. What are the differences between paleo and keto? Yeah, so I see keto as a subset of paleo. And paleo being, you know, we can all agree in, in, in the keto camp and the paleo camp, which again, I see is is just a we call it a sub-tribe within the overall tribe of the, of the paleo camp. But, you know, I see it generally as a macronutrient thing. So obviously on the keto side of things, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a, a high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate diet. Whereas if you flip it back around to the, to the paleo side of things, it's pretty much macronutrient agnostic. So, you know, I have friends and associates who, when you look at their overall diet, they it looks like a pescatarian diet, right? There's a lot of vegetable matter. Um, there's a lot of starchy matter and a smattering of like fish and seafood. 
okay, well, in my mind, that is a, you know, you could call it pescatarian, but in my mind, that looks very much like a paleo diet because they're not eating grains and they're not eating sugar, but that would definitely not be a ketogenic diet. And so, you know, those are kind of the extremes on each end. I think for myself that I have, I have played with a ketogenic diet, not really knowing it was a ketogenic diet or, or not. I shouldn't say not knowing because I, I knew full well and I've known full well what a ketogenic diet is uh, from, you know, back in the late 80s. But I, I didn't follow that diet uh, religiously. Um, I, I played with a little bit and I just kind of ate um, ad libitum. I mean, I just ate and I just naturally gra- gravitated to, towards a higher fat diet because of all of the reasons I listed before, because I liked being able to be satiated for long periods of time and not have to rely on, on, you know, where my next meal was going to come from. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's a very, again, a very long winded answer to a very easy to answer question. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good to go through the thought process. I agree with you. When I first found keto, I had been dabbling in paleo and I wasn't, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And when I saw keto, I saw it as being a completely different eating style. And I made it so overly complicated when really it was just like, where you're eating carbs, eat fat and where you're eating fat, eat carbs and just do a total swap. And it's, it's, it's really an adjustment on a paleo diet. If you're doing it a whole foods based approach, which I found that will be better for you in the long run Mm -hmm. than some of the keto approaches that we've all seen on Instagram and other places where it's like, no, you probably shouldn't be eating that right now. Um, Although it's keto, it's probably not safe for you. (laughs) So how is your relationship with fasting? And was it something that you started when you were keto or did you play around with it with paleo too? Or how did that all come about? You know, the whole fasting thing came about for me. It's, I think, and if I go back to my to when I would consider myself more paleo, it, it was still a pretty high fat diet. Um, it might not have been high fat to keto standards, but it was still a pretty high percentage of fat. And so my personal take on fasting is I just, I eat when I'm hungry and the opportunity is there. So most, and I'll give you a, for instance, most days I get up in the morning, I do my thing. Um, I will have coffee, water, and I won't actually eat anything until, you know, n- well after what most people would consider lunch. Um, so it's, it's, you know, past noon for sure. And a lot of times into the, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, and I generally get up around seven. So if that gives you an idea of how long my morning fast is, but it's not all the time. For instance, I got up this morning and I was, I was hungry. So I ate and I, do, you know, I really don't, I really don't give it a whole lot of thought. Um, it's unusual that I'm that I'm hungry when I get up in the morning, but today was one of those days, and so you know I don't worry a whole lot about it. I uh, I had some beef sausage and and eggs cooked in cooked in real butter, and um, you know I probably won't eat again today until uh, we eat dinner tonight, and that'll be around six o'clock. So that that gives you you know just an idea. It's for me, it's not hard and fast. I don't make any rules, which probably fits my personality because I am not a rule follower. In fact, if you give me a rule, I'll figure out a way around it. It's just like it's just my personality. I am just allergic to to rules or can't do's. 
you know, and I, it, every time this subject comes up, I, I give a shout out to my mom, mom, I'm sorry. I was just that kid. But it was any time I was confronted with a you can't do this or you shouldn't do this or a rule that was like a challenge to me. Okay, well, that means that's something I am going to do. I am going to challenge and I am going to try to figure out a, a way around. Um, and, and for me, on the diet side of things, that has worked very, very well for me because I didn't have those rules. And it, it allows me the freedom to do all the creative things that are very, very important to my business and very, very just important to my, to my mental and emotional health. And, you know, this, this diet, this lifestyle allows me to do that. And again, you know, this all comes back to, you know, I don't have to plan specific time during the day where it's like, I've got to eat or I'm A, going to be unproductive or B, going to be hangry. And so it gives me the liberty to be able to do that and stay healthy. Now, on the other side of this, I should, I should point out that I have always been healthy my entire life. So I don't have any medical conditions that would necessitate me really, really clamping down on my diet or eating within specific times or anything like that. So I, I realize there are people out there who do have to, to be a little bit stricter and more structured in their dietary practices, but that's just not me. More on my interview with Keith Norris after this message from one of our podcast partners. I like to take extra precautions to support my gut during cold and flu season. The stress of daily life, work, and traveling can take a toll on anyone's immune system, and none of us have time to get sick, am I right? I like to take a strong probiotic as a way to repopulate my healthy gut bacteria, which leads to a stronger immune system. Wolf Clinic Royal Flora is my choice for soil-based probiotics. Wolf Clinic is offering 20% off their probiotics to U.S. and Canadian listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Head to healthfulpursuit.com slash gut and use the coupon code gut all in caps no spaces at checkout to receive 20% off unsure of the link simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details what sort of myths um, did you encounter with fasting I know that and this could just be, you know, when keto was first coming out, I would chat with some of my paleo friends and they'd be like, oh, no, no, that's really unhealthy and the fasting and things. And I think things have changed yeah. specifically in the paleo community and keto. And now we're kind of almost best buds, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. What kind of myths did you encounter when you first started fasting? Well, probably the first myth that I encountered just because of the, uh, the demographic that I hang around was, dude, you're going to lose muscle mass. That is the quickest way. That's the quickest way to lose muscle mass is to not eat or to fast. And I, you know, to be honest, maybe 15 years ago, I would have believed that. And I would have been in that camp that to, you know, to be able to maintain muscle mass, you have got to eat fairly regularly. Again, I was, it was never the rule follower. I was never the, uh, of the bodybuilding mindset that you had to eat every two hours, that kind of a mindset. But I was definitely of the mindset that, dude, you're going to go, you know, 16 hours without eating. That seems a little extreme. And yeah, I can see that affecting your muscle mass on the other side of that. And that's probably something that uh, the biggest myth that I have uh, in my own mind dispelled simply because now that I do longer fast, it has not affected my muscle mass in the, in the least bit, um, which, you know, 
like I say, 15 years ago may have been very, very counterintuitive to me because I was looking at this whole energy, if you want to call it the energy balance, which, which we know is not is not a true representation of what's going on in the body. But if we want to look at it that way, just for, for conversational ease, you know, the body doesn't, doesn't work on a short clock like that. I mean, the, the body works over the long haul and, you know, not eating for 16, 20 hours a day and getting the bulk of your calories in a very short window. You know, the body really doesn't care a whole lot about that. So, um, yeah, that was one of the biggest myths that was dispelled. I'm trying to think of another myth. And I think kind of tied to the muscle mass thing would have been the metabolism idea that um, fasting like that would, quote unquote, slow your metabolism. And uh, I don't think that has panned out either for the same reasons. The body works on a longer clock than what maybe, you know, our minds think it does. Yeah, I completely agree. For me, it was definitely the metabolism piece. And I was terrified of it too, but I just went for it and it's been fine Mm -hmm. for the last four years. So I think we're on to something. Do you test your ketones? And if so, do you find that fasting affects your ketones? You know, I used to test ketones just out of curiosity and it kind of didn't matter. Let me back up and say I would test them in the morning because that's when I I had the opportunity. Um, I'm pretty much on the go after I leave the house in the morning, and I just didn't want to hassle with, you know, taking a tester with me or anything. You know, to be quite honest, but I would test them out of curiosity in the morning, and it kind of it kind of didn't matter what I ate in the short term. I was always, and this is uh, my blood levels were always around a point th- between like point three and point five every morning. Um, and my, uh, my glucose reading was always, you know, 80 ish in the morning. It kind of didn't matter what I ate the night before. Now I'll back up and say 95% of the time, if not more, if you look at my diet, it is a ketogenic diet. You, you would look at my plate and go, wow, that's, you know, it's a ketogenic diet. But every now and again, I will go off the reservation and have like a hamburger and fries or, you know, something that that's pretty much my going off the reservation meal is I love a greasy hamburger and just old school fries. And every now and again, I'll have that. It is very, very rare. And the circumstances have to be right. And, you know, the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars align. And it just is one of those things that happens. But the curious thing about that is, is it doesn't affect my a glucose or B ketone levels the next day. And, that, now, that's not to say I could do that all the time and have that same result. You know, this is just a result of a body that has been accustomed to this way of eating and is just very, very resilient at this point to an assault. And I would consider that type of a meal an assault on the body. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing it thinking in any way that it's healthy. I'm doing it just because, you know, I like to have a tequila now and again. I like to have a hamburger and fries now and again. And I think that's to say that if you treat the body well over the long haul, you can get away with assaults now and again, and it snaps right back. That's what the body does. It's very, very adept at that. And it's, you know, it's in the same way that it's adept at, at uh, rebounding from other stresses that we might consider uh, more beneficial. um, That being the, uh, 
you know, this, the restress, the, uh, the stress of weight training or something like that. So, you know, the body is, the body is built to rebound from those types of stresses if they're not chronic stresses. And I think that's the, that's the key. You just don't want that kind of stuff to be chronic. Yeah. That's the major takeaway. Like once I find now that my body's pretty balanced, like I still deal with some issues, but not like it was five years ago, I can get away with more and I have a little bit Mm -hmm. more leeway. Whereas before, like if I have a a couple baby tomatoes, I don't really feel joint pain. But a couple of years ago, if I were to have even like a slice of a baby tomato, it'd be like game over. I'd be in so much pain. So I don't, oh, I don't abuse that, yeah, totally. <laughs> but if I accidentally have tomatoes in a salad, then it's not like, oh shoot, send back the salad. That'll make me really sick. So it just allows you to live your life yeah. a little bit more, but I think you said it. And really I think well. the, the other um, part of that is, is psychologically, you don't crave the stuff that hurts you very often. I mean, there's many times where I have the opportunity to have the, the quintessential burger and fries and I'm just like, nah, I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm not not feeling it today. And, and yeah, so there, there's plenty of opportunity in front of me that I don't capitalize on. But at those times when I do, I snap back very, very quick. Yeah, that snapping back is imperative. Like for a, more of a lifelong strategy to be able to have more leeway, I agree with you. A burger and fries is something I rarely enjoy. But if I'm out and it's been months and I am with friends and you know, the circumstance, like you said, all the stars align and everything's cool, then I'll have that burger and fries. But, um, and also when you give yourself that leeway, it's no longer like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have this burger and fries and I shouldn't be eating this. And then you end up overeating because you know, you're never going to have it again. Like now it's just like, usually I leave half the fries on the plate because they're just not crispy enough or I'm just full. Or the flip side of that Um, is the, is beating yourself up psychologically or emotionally for having that food. And that doubles down on the negative effects of the food because now you, you know, your cortisol is off the charts because you're super, super stressed about what you did. And and Mm -hmm. it just becomes a downward spiral very, very quickly. So, you know, that the whole emotional psychological side to food, um, you know, Leanne, we're just we're just bizarre animals. These animals with these consciousnesses, it's it's a it's a tough you know it's definitely a double edged sword, and so we have to watch that too. The self you know the self loathing type of thing you know does not do a body good, and I would even argue in many many instances that is the worst defense over and above the food. So, and I mean that's a whole other topic, but um, it, it's it's very very true. Oh, it definitely does. The amount of times I would eat something like even on a ketogenic diet, going over five grams of carbs and how stressed that would make me for days, like days. (laughs) So it's really, it's really not worth it. More on my interview with Keith Norris after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true North strong and free, but gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the US get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you $20 off your first three boxes of groceries, plus free shipping and a 30 day free trial. 
That's a total of $60 in savings equivalent of over three tubs of collagen or over four free pounds of cacao butter, or get this, a half year's supply of free digestive enzymes, all for switching to Thrive Market for your online grocery needs. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra $60 off your first three orders plus free shipping, you're going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into an $80 Thrive Market order for three months in a row for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to get your instant $60 off free shipping and a free 30 day membership. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes for today's episode to get all the details. So to get back to fasting, what sort of methods have you tried? It sounds like you, like me, you kind of just like when I'm not hungry, I don't eat. And if it's 24 hours, great. If it's 18, cool. You don't really care. Yeah, it's and it's very, very much like that. It's very, very loose. And again, I that is a freedom for me because I'm a already healthy. And I get it when, you know, if people are doing this to try to lose weight, if people are doing this because they have a medical condition, yeah, you have to be a lot tighter on this. But for me right now, it's, it's just a point of flexibility and freedom. And to me, that means everything. And so, you know, after we get, uh, after we get done with this podcast, I hop on my bike and I start my commute and I'm probably going to go lift, you know, I'm going to do a lot of paleo FX work after this, nowhere on my radar until six o'clock tonight, when I know we have dinner plans, a business dinner, Eating is not on my radar at all. It doesn't affect my day. It's it's nowhere, you know. It, it's nowhere within my plans. I think the only time though that I that I make a plan too fast or somehow manipulate my diet to accommodate a longer fast is if I'm traveling. And um, so if I'm going to spend the day in the airport, and I know that you know it's you're food choices in airports, although they've gotten better in the last few years, which is really, really cool to see. They're still not the best. And so whenever I'm traveling, I just plan that I am not going to eat. And now that travel may be a, a couple hours. Okay, that's cool. That's a normal day for me. But sometimes the travel is an all day long thing that I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to eat a pretty good sizable meal before I leave and just assume I'm not going to eat again for 24 hours. And that's probably the only time that I plan out a fast. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just it's pretty loose, and it's just uh, it just flows right along with my life. Yeah, I I feel like two peas in a pod. I agree with you. That's the only time I plan my fasting is if I'm going overseas, especially like if I know I'm going to be in the air all the time on book tour. Like I know when I'm on tour and I'm going back on tour in June, it's like. I don't eat in the day. <laughs> like when I'm presenting and I'm doing my stuff, I haven't eaten all day. And after the tour around 10 PM, I have my only meal. I go to bed and I repeat. And it's just, it's so much easier. Like you said, it's not like the eating part is no longer part of your day. And I think a lot of people, would you agree, make the mistake when they start keto of like day one, now I'm keto, I'm eating low carb, high fat, and I'm fasting. And they're like forcing themselves to fast and like now there's fasting calculators where you yeah. can time yourself and it'll alert you when you're allowed to eat. It's like, guys. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, so I, 
I'm a little bit of mixed opinion about this because I do realize the value in tracking, at least initially for people, especially like uh, food calculators, right? Um, so for instance, Michelle is going through this period right now where she is, she, she's trying to dial in on portions, right? So Because she's realized that she really doesn't have, and this is someone who's been in the game for a long period of time, right? But even she has realized that, wow, I have really underestimated what a port or overestimated in some cases, what a, depending on how you want to look at it, what a portion is, right? And so she's, she's backing up and taking the time to weigh and measure for a while so that she can now re-come to grips with how much a portion of whatever is, you know, is a, is it, what is an entire avocado? What, what is a normal size avocado? What is the, the weight associated with that? Those kind of, of ideas um, where I kind of don't care. I mean, I just eat, like I say, ad libitum. I, I, know what, I know what a good food is and I'll eat into the satiation. But she wanted to dial this in more and see what that is. So she's been tracking. So it, and especially in those instances where people come to this from a, from a sad diet or some kind of a transition or they're coming into it, you know, they haven't had a healthy relationship with food at all. Um, and back when I was training more, I used calculators for this purpose to get people to realize what a portion was, how much they were actually eating during the day and to help them wrap their minds around it with the idea that as soon as possible, we're going to transition away from tracking because I don't want you to be married to this. I want you to be able to go by feel. I want you to go be able to eyeball stuff because you're, you're going to have to live a life in a, in a, some kind of a normal day-to-day existence if this is going to stick. You know, for the short term, we might need this tool to be able to get you there, but we don't want to keep this as a long-term thing. As it applies to fasting, this is where I've seen this go off the rails. So here's a scenario for you. You know, I'm training a 40-year-old female, uh, single mom, three kids. She's an attorney. She's working 70-plus hours a week at the firm, and she's a type A personality. She's recently transitioned to keto, even though I have told her, well, let's not do that just yet. <laughs> can we Can we just uh, not worry about that right now because you have so much other on the plate? Because this, this is going to add to your stress levels. It's one more added thing that is going to to be added to your stress level that's going to affect your cortisol and you're already a type A personality. And these are the type of people who are going to do this, by the way. But no. Mm -hmm. And on top of all that, now she wants to throw in this intermittent fasting aspect. And so this is a very person who's going to get the app that's going to force her into these windows of eating. And it's just, it goes off the rails so quick. And it's because we're just hyper-focused on trying to be perfect with this and it, all it does is add another stress into the whole mix, and it doubles down on a bad relationship with food. And so this is, you know, you have to, you have to kind of to unravel all of these, all these knotted uh, twine, um, you know, that, that are in this knotted ball of twine. You're trying to unravel all of this stuff, and it just becomes a mess. And so then what would happen is – you know, now this person, because of all this added stress, and this is one more thing they're having to deal with, and a, a type A personality already, now they start to have hormonal issues, right? And then they they blame the hormonal issues on A, age, or B, that they're not doing the diet 
hard enough, good enough, um, or they're not fasting hard enough, good enough, all of these other things that are just doubling down on the condition that has now erupted. Um, it's very hard to back somebody off the cliff of that because that's our type A culture, right? To diet better, diet harder, uh, fast longer. I'm just waiting for these, you know, the small uh, intermittent fasting to turn into, I, I don't know, something weird like I'm going to I'm gonna eat uh, all I can for two days and then fast for five or something. I don't know. I'm sure that's already erupted somewhere. But this is, this is our mindset, right? And this is a, kind of the funky relationship that we have with food in North America. So, yes, totally. And I love, I love that Michelle is doing that. And something that I recommend that my clients do, especially once you get the hang of the ketogenic diet and you're like, life is good once a month, like maybe for three days, start portioning out your food and weighing and tracking and just kind of get a sense of where you're at because sometimes our eyes become a lot bigger and all of a sudden half a avocado yes. is now all that stuff, you know, and like a whole head of broccoli is one serving of broccoli and all of a sudden your, your portions are off and then, you know, your energy is off, you're not sleeping and it's like, okay, go back to basics, like three days out of the month, track, way. And it can be good to kind of like dial in on your portioning uh, and just a really easy way to just like check yourself and see how things are going. If you have specific goals in mind that revolve around, you know, every now and again for a hoot, I'll kind of weigh, (laughs) weigh and measure my stuff. And it is, yeah, it would, it would floor people. (laughs) the amount, (laughs) And, And not because I'm not a big, I'm just not a big carbohydrate eater. I mean, every now and again, like I say, you know, I'll have the, uh, I'll have the full-blown bun on the hamburger, right, which is like a massive carbohydrate load for me. But I'm just not a big carbohydrate eater unless I've done like two or three days back-to-back of very heavy workouts. Then I will have that craving to, and, you know, okay, well, that's natural, right? You're just trying to, and your body's, your body's already learning this, right? And it's trying to set you up for the next assault that it's assuming is coming down the pike. In, in, in those instances, but you know, my cravings at that point are more uh, starchy tuber type of cravings. But that's really the only time I have any kind of a carbohydrate craving. Other than that, man, I am a I'm a meat and fat guy, and uh, and I run very very well on that. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. And where can people find more from you? Well, I would encourage everybody to go to www.paleofx.com. That's where I, you know, that's our webpage. I'm, um, I am also on Facebook, uh, Keith Norris on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Keith Norris on Twitter and theory to practice with a number two theory to practice on Instagram. Perfect. We will include all of those links and everything over on the show notes, which you guys can get at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E80. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Leanne. It was wonderful to be on. Wonderful to talk to you. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.